Boom. Thanks, Pastor Jen, and thanks, team. And I'm loving the music. You loving being in church this morning? Yeah. Doing all right, family? There's a lot of stuff going on, right? You doing all right? Holding it all together? Well, as Pastor Jared uh, mentioned earlier, this is Pentecost Sunday. Yeah, Pentecost Sunday. Really? It's a really, really important day in the history of Christianity and the church. And in particular, it's a really, really important day to people, uh, churches like ours, because we call ourselves a Pentecostal church. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, I talk to people every so often, they're like, oh, yeah, whatever that means, we don't really, it's just church, isn't it? Well, yes, it is, but honestly, I, um, I, I just, I'm a little bit pedantic about the whole thing. No, we are a Pentecostal church, and that is our distinctive. And um, anyhow, we'll have a look at some of those things as we get on this morning. But um, it is great to be with you this morning, and for everybody joining online, good morning. Um, Pentecost Sunday, really, really important day. And uh, to help you understand the significance of the day of Pentecost, I thought I would start with an illustration, because if I lose you um, during the rest of the morning, then you'll remember the illustration. Cool? All righty. So... Here we have a bottle of water, not quite full, which is good. I am going to try and attempt to just spill a little bit of the water without going too much. There you go. Well done. All right, so we have a sponge. There's nothing in the sponge, it's just a sponge. You're all good? I feel like a bit of a magician, magician here. In any case... Well, we better hurry up because the water's dribbling here. So I'm just going to place that on there. And voila, what happened to the water team? If I just, it's not there. Where is it? But seriously, it's, uh, it's disappeared and the water is actually suspended in the sponge, Right? The water is suspended in, no illusion here, <laughs> it, it is, the water is in there, the water is in the sponge. It's a trick, it's a trick. Um, remember this please, because this is what we say happens when, a, well another word, we, it's suspended in there and we, we might say that it's, remember this word, the sponge is indwelt. Everybody say indwelt. The sponge is indwelt by the water. The water is in the sponge. We say that that's what happens to a believer when they get saved or Jesus said born again. So when any of us come to Jesus and we are rescued, saved, born again, the Bible teaches us that at that moment that we are born again, the Holy Spirit comes and indwells the believer. So just like the water is indwelling the sponge, when we become Christians, when we become, uh, in fact, the, the, the genuine definition of a Christian is one who is indwelt by the Holy Spirit. We got it? Yeah. Indwelt by the Holy Spirit when you are born again. Okay. Here we have the rest of the water that uh, is... Uh, that's in the, that was in the bottle is in that um, dish. 
Now I'm going to put the whole sponge into this dish and I'm going to put it completely, if, you, if it was a clear dish, you would be able to see it's completely submerged. It's completely immersed in there. And we call that, when that happens, baptized. Everybody say baptized. So I have just baptized the sponge. <clears throat> now, now, careful everyone, just I can see I've got it, I've got a, yeah. So, this is no longer indwelt or infill, sorry, no longer indwelt or the water's not just suspended in there, but if I pick that up, you can actually see that it's saturated and that the water is actually dribbling out of the sponge. Cool? All right, well, we would say this, that on the day of Pentecost, the Bible teaches us that believers were being baptized in the Holy Spirit, just like I baptized the sponge in water the believers were being baptized in the Holy Spirit and when they were baptized in the Holy Spirit they were completely saturated in the Holy Spirit they were completely infilled say the word infilled for me so one was indwelt but now we're talking about being infilled so if you remember nothing else today you remember those two words indwelt by the Holy Spirit when I am born again, infilled by the Holy Spirit when I am baptised in the Holy Spirit, which happened on the day of Pentecost. And just as there's a visible evidence that the the sponge is completely saturated, so there was a visible evidence that the believers who had already been indwelt were now infilled or baptised by the Holy Spirit because they were able to speak in another language. We can all go home, right? Because you know now everything there is to know about the day of Pentecost. Actually, we're going to have a bit more look at it. But seriously, people, uh, that's... um, if you could just remember that, and that is a, is a great little illustration to try and understand, well, what is the significance of the day of Pentecost? Because on the day of Pentecost, the Bible teaches us that the indwelt believers or the born-again believers were all waiting to be baptised in the Holy Spirit, which we've all just learned, if you're baptised in the Holy Spirit, you are now infilled. You got it? Indwelt, when I am born again, infilled, completely saturated with evidence of that when I am baptised in the Holy Spirit, which is what happened on the day of Pentecost. But to get a fuller understanding of just actually what was happening on the day of Pentecost, we're going to go all the way back to when Jesus was resurrected. The first day he was resurrected, which was a Sunday. And that particular day was actually 50 days from this Sunday, That's why we call it Pentecost Sunday. So 50 days from the day that Jesus was resurrected, 50 days from that day, that Sunday, to this Sunday is 50 days. And that's another name for Pentecost. Or if you understand the the, um, suffixes and prefixes, pente meaning five or 50. Anyway, moving on to what actually happened on the day that Jesus was resurrected. Well, we all know that stones were rolled away and things were all happening. And, but he appeared to Mary and, uh, and then to some of Mary's friends in the garden. And then Bible teaches us that he appeared to uh, a couple of the disciples or disciples, not the disciples, a couple of disciples that were walking on the road of Emmaus. 
But then he got to the evening of the first day that he had been resurrected. That's, that, that's the Sunday night. And on that Sunday night, he appeared to the disciples, uh, later to be known as the apostles, but he, he appeared to the disciples, uh, minus Thomas and, of course, Judas. Thomas wasn't there. I'm not sure why. He just wasn't there. Judas, of course, we know why he wasn't there. But uh, there were 10 of them. And Jesus appears to the disciples. And we picked, we picked the uh, uh, narrative up on John chapter 20, verse 21. And Jesus said to them. So now we find that Jesus is speaking to the disciples on the night that he had been resurrected. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them. Say, breathed on them. Seriously, it's important. When I get you to repeat those things, please don't. There's something actually happens cognitively. This is the truth when we actually repeat those things. And he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. This is 50 days before the day of Pentecost. 50 days before the day of Pentecost. And uh, so what was actually happening right there? Well, we understand that that word breathed, when he breathed on them, is exactly the same as the word that was used back in Genesis chapter 2, when God breathed into Adam's nostrils, then being clay, and he became a living being. And when you have a look at that word breathed, similarly to the one that God breathed, whenever Jesus breathed like that, it's translated spirit. He breathed spirit, life, into whatever it is he was breathing. So here he's saying, I'm breathing life because I'm going to, you're going to receive the Holy Spirit. And of course, right then, something happened on the inside of them. Remember, at that point, when you have that kind of an experience with Jesus and something happens in your heart and you know, I, I don't know what's just happened, but I've just been changed. Jesus calls it being born again. We believe at that moment, the disciples had been born again. And at, when you're born again, you receive the Holy Spirit as you're born again, but you are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. You're not yet saturated by the Holy Spirit. You are born again and you are indwelled and you do receive the Holy Spirit. So every single one of us that has come to Jesus and has been rescued by Jesus, saved by Jesus, uh, every single one of us, the Bible teaches us that at the moment that that happened, you were born again. And when you were born again, you went, you received the Holy Spirit. And this is why I'm so pedantic about this because um, a lot of, I hear a lot of Christians today who are wandering around, you know, wanting to get into the presence of the Holy Spirit. I've got to tell you something. The presence of the Holy Spirit is in you. You brought Him to church. <laughs> you brought Him to church. This building did not have the Holy Spirit in it until you got here. And just because we got here and we came, we sang a few songs and then the Holy Spirit said, oh, I'll come now and I'll be part of their service. That can't happen, by the way. We call that the manifest presence of the Holy Spirit. But even if He didn't decide to come and manifest that presence where you can feel the external presence of the Holy Spirit, you brought the Holy Spirit when you came in. Because the Bible says when you are born again, you are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. You are now the tabernacle. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. 
Never ever forget that, people. You don't have to go chasing the Holy Spirit, looking for the Holy Spirit, getting more of the Holy Spirit. You know, I've just got to... Yes, he can manifest himself, and that is true, and he does that in, as and when he chooses. But this is the most important thing that happened after Jesus was resurrected. And it happened because this is part of the new covenant of grace. This could not happen under the old covenant of grace, under the old covenant, under the old covenant of law. Under the old covenant of law, the Holy Spirit could never permanently indwell a believer. Uh, all, that, all that could happen is the Holy Spirit would rest on them. Uh, sometimes it would indwell, but temporarily and simply only for times when there were specific things to be done. That's in the old covenant. Under the new covenant now, we find that this, in the new covenant, the Holy Spirit is given to all believers, not just to dwell with them, but in them permanently. Jesus actually said, and the Holy Spirit will come and he will dwell with you and in you. And uh, Paul tells us on numerous occasions, if the same Spirit that, that raised Christ from the dead dwells where? In you. Not just with you, but in you. So if you walk away today, if you've learned nothing else, and you remember the sponge, and you remember, actually, I am indwelt by the Holy Spirit because I know I have been saved, I've been rescued, and, and I have been, Jesus used the term, I have been born again. If you're here today or you're listening to me online and you don't know what I'm talking about, this born again thing, oh, I would love to talk with you. And I would so love you to come and talk to anyone who, who says that they are a Christian and that they know that they have been indwelt by the Holy Spirit. It'll be the greatest thing you ever do to come and ask someone, can you help me? I want to get on that journey. I want to get to know Jesus Christ like you're talking about and, and I want to be indwelt by the Holy Spirit, right? Um, but the miracle of the Holy Spirit permanently abiding in the heart of every believer is one of the most significant differences between the Old and New Covenants. In John 14, 16, uh, Jesus again was saying uh, that the Father, I'll pray for the Father and he will give you another advocate. That advocate is the Holy Spirit to help you, listen, be with you forever. How can he be with me forever? Because he's in me. <laughs> He's not just with me, he's in me. And how long? He's permanently there. And in John 7, it says, On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood up and said in a loud voice, Let how many? Anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. So that's for every single one. And of course, this all happened. It all started on the first day of his resurrection. And we believe the scriptures record that the disciples were the first ones where they actually were born again and indwelt by the Holy Spirit. The, the, those that Jesus appeared to before then, he didn't breathe on them. It hasn't been recorded that he was, that they were. But I, I, we, we believe that he chose to wait until he was with the disciples and at that point he breathed on them and at that point they were born again and at that point they were now not only had the Holy Spirit with them but the Holy Spirit was dwelling in them. And now for the next 40 days, for the next 40 days the Bible records that Jesus is wandering around appearing to many. Uh, we understand that in those 40 days, it's at least around about 500. The Bible records to at least about 500 more people in his resurrected state. Mind you, I don't know if you remember, but over Easter, we were talking about the fact that all the graves opened up after Jesus was, well, they opened up when he died. And then when he was resurrected, what happened? 
Yeah, a whole bunch of people got out of their graves. Pretty cool, right? And, uh, and so they were in their resurrected state as well. And so it wasn't just Jesus who was wandering around for 40 days, but we believe that there were a whole bunch of people that uh, got up out of their graves and they were wandering around in their resurrected states as well. You'd love to be around at that time, right? Meeting some of the old rallies that died a couple of years ago. And uh, here they are walking around saying day." Um, But what was happening during that time? Well, it's actually not recorded, but we do believe and we have every reason to believe that during that 40 days when Jesus was appearing to over 500 people, that he would have been doing the same thing or that at least people would be being born again and it didn't just have to be Jesus because now, the, now, now um, all the disciples had to do would be able to pray for you uh, that you would believe in Jesus Christ and that he's the Lord and Saviour and that he died, bled and died on the cross of Calvary, that he's risen again and uh, at the moment uh, that a person would believe with all their heart, with genuine faith that that is the truth, well then they would also receive the Holy Spirit and they would be indwelt or born again. And so we believe that in that 40-day period, there are a whole bunch of people who were being born again and we would suspect at least over 500 people where that was happening. Now, the strange thing is though that we get to 40 days after Jesus' resurrection and, uh, and he says, you know, I've had enough of wandering around. Actually, the number 40 is very significant. I wish I had more time. Um, numbers in the Bible have significance, but we won't get into all that right now. But after 40 days, um, he decided he, he'd had enough of wandering around, appearing to many. And the Bible simply records that he's going to leave, go back, go to heaven. Um, and, uh, but before he went, he says this. Uh, I'm reading Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, this is Jesus, while Jesus was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised. All right, so he's talking to disciples and the 500 and he's telling them to wait for the promise. I thought, that not that what they got? Um, do, not, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. Now listen to this very carefully. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized. Oh, hang on. Hang on. This is different. In a few days you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Okay, you remember? Remember the illustration? So... In the 40 days before, being born again, receiving the Holy Spirit, now indwelt by the Holy Spirit. And by the way, being indwelt by the Holy Spirit is a very, you know, an absolutely powerful, powerful thing, uh, which we'll talk about just in a minute. But now Jesus is actually saying to the same people that he'd breathed on, and we believe more than just the 12 now or the 10. Um, well, now actually, got on. We believe Thomas as well, um, but he he's now saying to them, "No, you've got to wait, and not just receive the Holy Spirit, but now be baptized in the Holy Spirit." This is the day of Pentecost, or what we're calling Pentecost Sunday. And do you remember when we talk about being baptized in the Holy Spirit, we are now talking about being completely saturated in the in uh, in the Holy Spirit. And there's evidence that you are completely saturated in it. What was that evidence? The Bible teaches us that once people were baptized in the Holy Spirit, they were able to speak in another tongue. 
Uh, and so now we get a bit of an understanding of what the significance of the day of Pentecost was all about. The born-again experience where believers are being indwelt by the Holy Spirit had already been happening in those 40 days. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit where believers would be infilled was yet to come and would be a separate and additional experience of being empowered by the Holy Spirit. Ten days after Jesus had said to them, just wait because you're going to get baptised in the Holy Spirit. And by the way, we would think nothing's a coincidence in, in God, right? Because he already knew what day that day would be. Um, but he just said to them, wait. And that day was called the day of Pentecost. It was already known to the Jews because it was part of their feast of Passover uh, or it was celebrated, it had already been in their custom. And so they were already gathered together on the day of Pentecost as was their custom. And obviously we would believe that Jesus already thinking, okay, when they're gathered together, now's the time for them to be baptised. But again, there's lots of understanding around the number 50 for another time. So in Acts chapter 2, verse 1, here we get to when the day of Pentecost came. We call it Pentecost Sunday. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. Look at this. All of them were filled now. Do you see the difference? All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them to. So the day of Pentecost is the day when the first New Testament believers experienced a separate and distinct empowerment of the Holy Spirit, which Peter said had been prophesied by the prophet Joel. None of this was... That, that, that Peter could uh, piece it all together because all of this had been prophesied by uh, pr the prophets uh, well before this had taken place. Every believer could now not only be indwelt, not only indwelt by the Holy Spirit, but infilled by the Holy Spirit. And so now you understand the significance of the day of Pentecost. It's not just the day when we were, or when believers were indwelt, they had already been indwelt. They had already received the Holy Spirit. They were already born again. But now, because they waited, as Jesus told them to, they were now baptised in the Holy Spirit or completely filled and saturated in the Holy Spirit. And there was an evidence that that had happened. Um, when you're indwelt, the Holy Spirit is living in you and the primary function is for you as an individual to be transformed by bearing the fruit of the Spirit. Just a minute. Very important to understand this. Whether or not you're baptised in the Holy Spirit or not, whether you're baptised, infilled or not, you are still indwelt if you are a genuine believer in Jesus Christ. If you're born again, you are indwelt. You have the Holy Spirit living in you, right? The primary purpose for that is that you would bear the fruit of the Spirit, which you'll find in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, which is about love, joy, peace, long-suffering, and, and self-discipline. There's, there's nine of them. 
And so the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in a believer's life is to help the believer to be more and more like Jesus, to conform more and more into his image and to be transformed by the renewing of their mind. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit is more about the the actual believer being able to transform and be transformed from the inside out. So it's a very powerful thing and, and of course we believe that, that this should be the kind of things that you would see in every believer's life. That they are constantly being transformed by the renewing of their mind and that there's a, there's a, there's a bearing of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Not because they can bear that fruit but because the Holy Spirit living in them is helping them to bear the, the, the fruits of the Spirit. By the way, this is not to say that we're all really, 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 really good at bearing the fruits of the Holy Spirit. I wish that was the case. Uh, uh, Sadly, as we are growing in these things, we can often revert back to some of our old habits. But what we are believing is that as we travel on with Jesus, because of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, now I'm able to change more and more uh, and become more and more like Jesus. Um, but when you're infilled, you are, listen to this, when you're infilled, so not only indwelt, but now infilled, dripping, you are compelled to serve Jesus as your Lord. You go to a whole nother level. This is not now just about me being able to live my life more and more like Jesus. But on top of that, as well as that, because I'm baptised in the Holy Spirit, not only that, and by the way, I love the idea that there were tongues of fire that, that, that was seen uh, when the Holy Spirit came and the, and the, the first believers were baptised in the Holy Spirit. It's like you are on fire for Jesus. It's, you, you are compelled to serve him, not just as your saviour, not just as your redeemer, but he consumes your life. And now all you want to do is is not only conform into his image, but you're compelled to serve him as your Lord. He's my God, he's my Lord. And you are empowered to be a more effective witness for him. It's not saying you can't be a witness for Jesus when you're born again. But it's like when you're baptised or infilled with the Holy Spirit and you're totally consumed by this, this, this idea that Jesus is, is just infilled. I'm, I'm, I'm baptised in the Holy Spirit. I'm compelled to want to serve Him. And I want my whole life, I want to give Him my life. Um, I, I want to do, whatever I'm doing in my life, it's got to count for Jesus. Uh, not only can you be a witness when you're indwelt, but you can be a, a, a way more effective witness when you are empowered or infilled by the Holy Spirit. And so in my own personal life, that's been my testimony. Um, I remember when I came to Jesus and uh, I was rescued by him. And at that moment, I didn't actually know what was happening, to be honest with you. Uh, I've, I've had to learn all of this as I've gone along. But, uh, but I knew that something had changed in my life, and I knew now that I was different, and I knew now that I didn't want to live my old life, and I knew that I wanted to start to live a life which was looking more and more like Jesus. And so that was when I was indwelt. But then I got baptised in the Holy Spirit. And I promise you, uh, from that day on, I have only ever wanted to serve him with my whole life. 
I am compelled to serve him. My life does not belong to me. It belongs to him. And everything I'm on about, no matter what I'm doing, it's all, I'm con, it's, I have a consciousness that, that how is Jesus going to be glorified or how is he going to be able to use this moment? Is there something about this, Lord? And, and there might not be. He, he, there might not be at that moment, but I'm conscious of it all the time. And I would pray and believe that for those of you who are baptised in the Holy Spirit and, and, and that you know you're indwelt but infilled by the Holy Spirit, that's what's happening in your life. Such a consciousness of wanting to serve Him and be a witness for Him. You're all good out there? So when you're infilled, you're empowered. Uh, you're so saturated that your life is now his and you become, listen to this, a walking advertisement for him. I am conscious that in a, in a sense, uh, I want to be someone that when, when people meet me, they may not know anything about me. They might not know a thing about me, but when they walk away from me, they would know there's something something's different about that man. Uh, the other day it happened, and I, it's, this is the greatest compliment that can happen, isn't it? I was, uh, I'd, I'd been going to a, uh, I was at my chiropractor's actually, and, and uh, you know, I've been going there for years and years and years, and, uh, and you get to know the staff there and the team there. But just, it just happened to be last uh, Thursday as I sat down, I don't know why, I have no idea, in the waiting room in the middle of everything, one of them said to me, um, they, were asked, they started asking me a few questions about, what do you do, Brennan? They've known me for years, by the way. And, um, and, uh, and then one of them said, do you believe in Jesus? I mean, seriously. I don't know whether they'd been talking to each other or somebody had mentioned it to them. I have no idea. But at that moment, of course, what a wonderful thing to me to be able to publicly say, yes, I do. And I take my faith really seriously. I mean, it's everything to me. You become an advertisement for Him. And you're just looking for those moments when people want to talk to you about Him. And you want to be able to share that amazing experience of what it means to not only be indwelt, but completely consumed by Him. And so furthermore, the day of Pentecost was also, just as we start to wrap up, furthermore, the day of Pentecost was also the day that the New Testament church was birthed with over 3,000 people in it, as Pastor Jared was saying. It was the day, the day of Pentecost was the day that the New Testament church was birthed. And, and I love that idea with baptised with fire, the New Testament church was birthed. As well, it was the first day that believers were given the gift of being able to speak in another tongue. Let me just say uh, uh, briefly on that. If you have been baptised in the Holy Spirit and you're not yet speaking in another tongue, if you know I have asked someone to pray for me, uh, I've, I've asked Jesus to, to, for me to be baptised. By the way, you don't need anybody. You don't have to come and ask me. You don't have to come and ask a pastor. You can be at home on your own. You can be in your backyard. You can be in your bedroom. You can be wherever you want. And if you are genuine and you're serious and you're saying, Jesus, I believe I'm indwelt by the Holy Spirit, but I want to be infilled. I want to be baptised. I want to be saturated. I want that. That's what I want. I want to live my life that is completely for you. Please, Father, I want to be baptised in the Holy Spirit. Then we believe Jesus is the baptizer. So you don't need us. You don't need people. He heard you wherever you were and He will, Jesus will baptise you. He will completely submerge you in the Holy Spirit. 
Now, it's not unusual when that happens that you will just start speaking in another tongue. But if you actually have asked Jesus and you have actually asked someone to pray, I'm not saying you can't ask people to pray with you. Sometimes that's a help. If you say, look, I'd just like to get someone to pray with me so that I'd be baptised in the Holy Spirit. I know it's Jesus doing the baptising, but I'd like someone just to stand with me. Um, that's all cool as well. There's no, there's no right and wrong way about doing this. But the fact of the matter is, if you know you have been prayed for or you have asked Jesus to be baptised in the Holy Spirit and you're not yet speaking in another tongue, can I just tell you this? You can. You may not be, but you can because every single person who is baptised in the Holy Spirit has been given the gift of being able to speak in another tongue. And so here's the thing. For some, it's just, it takes a while to unwrap the gift. For some of us, we've got the gift it's there, we could do it if we wanted to, but for whatever the reason, we haven't unwrapped that gift. And so uh, if you have been baptised, if you say to me, Pastor Brennan, I believe I've been baptised in the Holy Spirit, but I, don't think I, but I don't speak in another tongue. I'm just gonna say to you, I agree. I think if you tell me, if you tell me that you've been baptised in the Holy Spirit, you believe that you've been not just indwelt, but infilled by the Holy Spirit. Uh, if you tell me that, I believe you. I believe you. However, the Bible does teach us that the, there is a, a, an essential evidence, as I showed you with the sponge, that you can, you could, if you wanted to unwrap your gift, speak in another tongue. Often we find that people get a little bit inhibited by that. They're, 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 you've got to get rid of this mind that's telling you it sounds silly. Um, but I've got to tell you, people, I... I I mean, I, Paul said this, I wish that you would prophesy more than they all and I speak in tongues. Uh, the Apostle Paul thought it was a great idea. I do it regularly. I'll often find myself, I'm not there trying to work it up or get to a particular place. I could be anywhere. And all of a sudden I find myself just to myself. Mind you, if you walk around starting to blurt out in another tongue somewhere, they'll look at you and you're an idiot. And, and so be careful with this thing. If you are able to speak in another tongue, be careful where you exercise that gift. But it is there to edify you. It's there to help you as well and grow in who He is. And you could if you wanted to. So please understand that. For some, you are baptised in the Holy Spirit. You're not yet speaking in another tongue, but you could if you want to unwrap the gift. Uh, it is given. If you are baptised, it has been given to you. Um, uh, we've done all that, exercise the gift, remember, just experience. I should say this, just as I finish, uh, you might talk to a whole bunch of people that go to a whole lot of other churches and look, I respect, I very respect everyone. I think so many great churches that, um, you know, doing incredible things and love Jesus with all their heart. But they might not believe this. They, they might say, oh, look, we, we don't know about that speaking in tongues stuff. We know about that baptising the Holy Spirit stuff. Um, we're not sure about how that all works. Um, I've I, I got to be upfront with you. Not everybody does. I mean, there are, there are different church people that, that, that just go, that's not for us. But we at Civic are a Pentecostal church. And we're part of a group called Australian Christian Churches and they're Pentecostal churches. And so we're not backwards about telling you about this idea of being able to speak in another tongue. That's why the day of Pentecost, Pentecost Sunday is so important to us. We're here to tell everyone there, there, we believe that there are two distinct experiences. By the way, a person can be indwelt by the Holy Spirit and, and nearly spontaneously 
nearly spontaneously be infilled by the Holy Spirit all at once. But they are two distinct things. They are two distinct things. Although it might sound, seem like it's happening spontaneously, generally it doesn't happen like that. Generally there's an indwelling and then later on there's an infilling. But someone might come and be indwelt and then pretty much straight after that they get baptised in the Holy Spirit. They start speaking another tongue. It can often happen when people are being water baptised. You'll find people get, who come, they get water baptised and then without even saying anything, they come out of the, out of the uh, baptismal font and they're starting to speak in another tongue. So they weren't just baptised in water, they were baptised in the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> All right, and so people, I think for, for, you've got to, uh, I hope I've done a reasonable job this morning of helping every single one of us have an understanding, uh, a deeper understanding of why Pentecost Sunday is really important to the his, in the history of the New Testament church and to uh, Christians in general. But for us, of course, it is a really, really powerful thing. And I would so encourage you, let me finish, you, finish with this. I would so encourage you to um, think seriously about this idea of being indwelt and infilled. Remember I said to you, I started with the illustration in case I've lost you, but don't forget that illustration. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit the infilling of the Holy Spirit, indwelling of the Holy Spirit when I'm born again, infilling as, as well as indwelt, now not only just indwelt, but now infilled by the Holy Spirit when I'm baptised in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of being able to speak in another tongue. Um, if you're here today, let me finish with this. If you're here today and you don't think you know this, you don't even think you have a, a relationship with Jesus, you're listening to me online or wherever you might be, and you're thinking, look, I don't even know if I, I understand this idea of being born again. Can I just encourage each and every one of you, would you please, 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 it'll be the best thing you ever did in your life. Just, it, you do not need to have anybody with you. You don't have to be doing anything special. You, you just have to say, Jesus, I want to get to know you. I did it on my own in a bedroom over 40 years ago. I never had any, I'd never been to church. I didn't have anybody with me except my wife. Nobody else. I just said, Jesus, seriously, are you for, are you for, this is my prayer. Are you for, are you for real? My mates reckon you are. Here's your big chance. <laughs> and in His grace, in His grace, He looked at me and said, I, I, I think you're serious. And so I'm going to help you. I'm going to impart faith into your life. And you'll be able to believe. And I believe that's for every single person. He's got no favourites. He has no favourites. Just ask Him. Just be real with Him. He wants you. He wants, to, he wants you to know Him. Make it happen today. And of course, after that, but people, this is my, my prayer for you. At that point, I'm not sure if it was at that point for my, in my life, but I know that something changed. But somewhere along the line, I got indwelt by the Holy Spirit. And then I got on a journey with Jesus. And then after that, I was baptised in the Holy Spirit, be able to speak, but was able to speak in another tongue, gave my life entirely to Him to do everything that He wanted for me. And so I'd encourage every single one, have the journey, people. Go on the journey. If you haven't already had it, go on the journey. If you're sitting here today and you're saying, I'd like to be baptised in the Holy Spirit, I don't know whether I am or not, well, then I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to ask every one of us to close our eyes. Just every single person, eyes are closed. You know, 
our tradition is, you know, raise your hands if you want me to pray for you and I'll pray for you and I'll look around and I'll see who I'm praying for. But you know what? I'm not even going to bother with that today. I just believe the Holy Spirit knows who you are. He knows in your heart right now if you're saying, Holy Spirit, I want to be baptised. I want to be baptised. I want to be infilled. I don't want to just be indwelled. I want my whole life to be yours. And I want to be empowered and I want to be consumed by you and by your by the by your hope by the Holy Spirit, and so you know if that's you, and and I believe the Holy Spirit is hearing your heart right now, and so Father, in the name of Jesus, in the wonderful, amazing, incredible, beautiful, powerful name of Jesus, we simply come and we believe together corporately for every single heart that is sitting here today either here or online who is saying I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit that they would be Father that you would be baptizing them right now that Jesus you would be baptizing them right now in the Holy Spirit Father let them know that they know let them receive that let them not just be indwelt but infilled let them be able to exercise that gift that they now have to speak in another tongue in Jesus' wonderful name. And every heart said, Amen and Amen. Thanks so much, everybody. God will so richly bless you. Happy Pentecost Sunday. We'll see you next week.